Welcome in to another edition of the Tap of the Keg Podcast. Episode, episode 536. Charlie here with you. Mitch on the other side of the Zoom. We're going to be reacting to the Milwaukee Bucks absolutely dominating the Boston Celtics tonight. We're going to talk about just it all, really. Um, what a bizarre turn of events this is, given the last two weeks. Um, and just get into all that and talk where the Bucks are right now. Talk Packers, Cowboys, get what can win them the game, what can lose them the game. And then we'll talk about Wisconsin pipe dreams because I think there are a lot of pipe dream conversations that are being had. And I, I think we just need to throw water on some, maybe encourage about others. Uh, but before we do get going, Mitch, what's up? How are you doing? I'm doing well. I am pleased with the Bucks' effort tonight. And I mean, I really didn't see it coming. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's it. I, I think we were prepared for it to probably go the other way, just with yeah. the, how bad the Bucks have been the last couple. You know, well, since the first of the year. I mean, it's yeah. just been it's been a nightmare, and um, for them to come out and 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 kind of show uh, show what they're capable of, and um, on both ends. I mean, just yeah. Just locked in, and right. I'm, uh, I know, I know, I'm jumping right into it. No, that's fine. Year, but... That's fine. That's all right. That's all right. Go, go in hard, no lube. Like, let's go. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm all right. Absolutely, I'm, I'm ready, ready to roll. Oh, there's the, the Hauser Trader family. Um, yeah, we... it's uh, it's it's rare that we. I don't know if we've ever actually started the pod before a game is over. Um, no, because uh, usually I have to do the review, and you know, uh, selfishly. Right. Selfishly, it's a lot easier for me to just do the pod because rarely do I edit unless like there's a drop in sound or like anything else. So it's easier for me to just wait. But because it's a blowout and because we're reveling in it, like let's bask in all the glory that is what the Bucks are doing tonight and being up as AJ Green just hits a three, they're up 20 (laughs) or 30, 32 points, 32 points. Yeah, I can do math. Uh, and I, I think that, yeah, I have just so many questions about this game, like positively and negatively. And just my head is, it's kind of in a blender. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I just feel like mm, yeah. I, it, it has me kind of questioning everything in a weird way. Um, and, and I don't mean that like badly. I just mean like one is it like, I guess I'll start here right? and I'll try to condense it and keep it just out one question per like per thing. I guess I'll just start here. Is it possible that the Milwaukee Bucks for these teams that don't matter, like Indiana, even Houston um, and San Antonio and others, is it possible that the Bucks are just trying shit during those games and they actually have a strategy and they just don't either they don't want to show it or they want to see what else works. And so they're kind of trying some different shit during that time. That's possible. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's part of it, obviously, with with things in sports. It's never, you know, I know we have to pick a side and have to pick an right. angle and have to pick, pick, pick a direction. But in reality, it's a bunch of things. I think a lot of it's just just literally effort and giving a fuck right. um, um, in, in these games. And it's... I think it's pretty obvious that tonight 
that's what they wanted to do. They were dialed in basically from, from the tip, even on defense. And I know Boston, um, right away, they TNT had to get out in front of that with the minutes they played last night. Oh, yeah. I know that I know Boston was on a back to back. They went to overtime against a good Minnesota team and then had to fly from Boston to Milwaukee, which is only like an hour and a half flight. Yeah, it's not um, a bad flight. You know, so let's not let's not act like we're going from no. Boston to LA. Yeah. Uh, no, this isn't a coast to coast trip. This isn't Boston on right. like a eight game road trip that just they're just this is the last, you know, stop on their trip. Like Charlotte. Last week against Chicago, and one of the more brutal schedule things I've seen, they played on on the West Coast throughout Christmas, through Christmas into New Year's, and then had to go to Chicago to finish out their road trip on Friday night. And of course, they got their ass kicked because nobody wanted to be there, you know. And but this mm-hmm. isn't what it was like. And Boston has been good in back to back spots. They right. played all their guys like they you. Boston fans are going to say, oh, they're going to use that excuse, but they wanted this game. And the Bucs just came out and punched him in the mouth for once. And so many times in the Bucs-Celtics rivalry, it's been the Celtics kind of being the aggressors, at least recently. And the Bucs were like, no, we're not fucking doing that tonight. And that gives me hope. And it kind of shows like, there's light in this tunnel and that mm-hmm. dog days do happen and and that there are going to be valleys and peaks. And we talked about a lot. We talked about the Packers season, right? Um, yeah. And maybe we just need to talk about that more as NBA fans that there are just going to be bad moments. And as much as we want this team to win 65, 70 games, it just isn't happening, right? It's just not going to happen. Well, it isn't yeah. because of the, the numbers, but you get my point. Yeah, and it's – it's interesting that, you know, this could be an inflection point of the season, you know, that, that the loss to Utah on Monday could have been a rock bottom scenario, right. Where it's like, we gave up 11 threes in the first quarter and just got blown off the floor. Right. It was kind of rem- reminiscent of the Charlotte game last year where it just, it, it you had you had no. Ch- I mean, granted, they did come back. They had a little. They had a little pride in the second half and um, against Utah on Monday, and 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 built a little momentum coming into the Boston game. But then you had then you had to sit and think about it and hear about all the bullshit that um, has been happening the last ten days, and time to I think think about it and and probably get a little. And granted, you got you got Dame back tonight as well. All right. Um, and and they kind of outlined on TNT the situation that I know that a lot of Bucks fans have been hearing about, but I mean to hear them talk about it on the broadcast kind of confirmed that yeah know, he's been he's been flying around the country on some days, and that's why he's missed a couple games. And you know, I get it. That's you know, I'm not one of those people that you need to play all 82 games. You know, um, I'd like you to play at least 70 probably, but. Yeah. Uh, so I understand, and he's got a lot going on. New situation, kids are across the country. Whatever, it's it's tough. Yeah, and all while trying to adapt to um, a lower usage rate, you know, a new system, a, a new a new everything, right. and um, you know, so I thought that was huge for for Dame tonight to come out and hit his first couple shots. I mean, that was that was you know, yeah, it's no, it hyperbole big. to say to say the biggest moment of the game, but it's like 
for them to come out and it's at the tone, right? Yeah, and for them to come out and and jump out to a 10-2 lead right away was great. I mean, you know, just with like how how low the bar I think had gotten for for me and and for a lot of Bucks fans, like just it was like just don't get destroyed, you know. And then it was like okay, good first quarter, and you know, good start kept you know built on a little bit in the first quarter, and then the second quarter just laid the fucking hammer. And yeah. um, Missoula pulled the plug at halftime, which I don't I don't know if I've seen that. Usually oh. you get like usually in a, like a thirty point halftime deficit, you'll you'll start every you, you'll see if you can get a six minute push and and get it to twenty or whatever, and and kind of regroup. But yeah, they pulled the plug probably because they're on a back to back. Yeah, I was pathetic by Missoula, and I I didn't really like it. I I think that that's you know it's just kind of running from it a bit, and now Bucks fans will have that to kind of hold over the head. But to go back to the Dame thing. I actually love that that was reported, and I don't know if that was strategic by Bucks PR or if that was strategic by Lillard's people, but I I think it's really important for the people who only watch the Bucks when they're on national media to hear that and to have that as a talking point because I don't I've not heard that in a you know I haven't heard that from our guy Simmons or Rosillo or any of the other or like the other other sort of NBA pods that are notable, no one's talking about that. And we're talking about it as Bucks fans. And it's also pretty clear that like over the holiday season, they Dame wasn't around his kids and that had to fucking suck. And mm-hmm. seeing everybody else with their kids added to that. And so I think, yeah, it's just a matter of, how do you get Dame in a good mental headspace as the season progresses? And, you know, are you going to be able to find that? And I, I think that that is on him, but I also think it's on the Bucks and, and their coaching staff and their front office to really provide everything they can to kind of get Dame, you know, to be, you know, himself and be happy. And I, I think that I think they'll get there. I'm not, I'm not exactly worried about him. No, I mean, he's, he's, it's not like he's having a terrible year. I mean, he, no. he had he had a bad stretch of like five games, um, but by and large, he's been um, as good as advertised. And but it does show you like how important he is to everything. I mean, if he's not if he's not getting to the line and making some threes and and getting to the basket and and scoring thirty plus points, you know, it's kind of hard because you know he's not gonna he's not going to blow you away defensively. I think, you know, people love to harp on on him not being a good defender. I think he tries. I think he's, I think he's in, in the right spot sometimes, you know, most of the time, but just being small and obviously with the Bucks scheme at times, he ends up, you know, being in the, being in the, uh, the NASA's nice dunk there. Uh, he ends up being underneath the basket with like a center rolling at when, when you have Bobby on the floor or something and he just gets, He's just out overmatched, but I, I do think defensively he's. I wouldn't say he's underrated because I would imply like I think yeah. he's good defensively. But right, um, he. I guess my point is he needs to score a lot, otherwise, you know, that's what he's paid to do, right? Like, right. Holy cow! <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah, so. shit! Oh, you're ahead of me. Oh my god! <laughs> that that Thanasis block was unbelievable. This Thanasis high. Oh, and then he sprints down the court. 
We need like a the Bucks social media needs to do just the Thanasis highlight package tonight. Celtics like, fans got to be so fucking mad watching Thanasis just spaz <laughs> out on the court, and uh, it just it brings me so much joy. Oh, it's great. Uh, another guy you brought Brian Portis up. You know, just when I thought I was out with Bobby Portis, you know, he pulls me back in. I, yeah, right. I've been, I've been pretty much on the trade, Bobby. I do think Bobby is probably their best tradable asset. But man, these are the games where then you're like, do we really need to trade Bobby? I I think that what Bobby needs to realize is someone needs to watch this tape with Bobby and say, when you're not a fucking black hole, when you're playing within the offense and you're not you know dominating usage and you're catching it in rhythm, you are really important to this team. But if you continue to be a black hole, they're going to find somebody who can you know play within the system more often. And I I think it's a really tough decision by the Bucks, and I I don't know where they're going to land on that, and I have no idea you know kind of where they will go with with Bobby Portis. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, he's he's had a he's had a down season, um, not shooting the ball very well, and you know defensively his struggles are. Well, chronicled. They they definitely um, uh, are more aggressive defensively with him on the court, and I don't know if that's you know in terms of not he's not playing drop. He's just um, he's blitzing a lot on the on the pick and roll ball handler, and leaving a lot of uh, you know leave, it leaves a lot of wide open dunks, unfortunately. Um, right. But and like you said, offensively, you know if he's you're right. It is a lot of a huge difference if he is um, just playing kind of off of Giannis, oftentimes, or or even Dame probably or whoever, and just kind of kind of taking what is given to him versus doing a Carmelo Anthony impression, um, you know, and and isoing when it's not really working for him this year. It 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 has in the past, or you know, it at times, and you know, he's not a not a, he wasn't a guaranteed bucket, but you know, he, he also he might have shot over his head for for a couple seasons, which for is sure. which is which is interesting, and I don't know why it would last for two three years and then all of a sudden disappear. It happens. I mean, I, but I I know. think it goes. To, sorry to cut it, but I think it goes back to being in rhythm or not being in rhythm. I think that when he is with when he's just not necessarily trying to be the Bobby Porter show and it's just like catch and shoot and, you know, finding the open looks it's there and it's not forced. And when he gets that energy and gets that surge, it's really, it's really there, but it's, it's definitely another thing that I thought about. And I, I think the next kind of thing that I wonder about is, you know, the continued questions about Adrian Griffin. I mean, you know, was as I heard someone's like, it's clear to me Griffin was just in the lab for two two weeks preparing for this game. Like he might have just he was just like, All right, we're gonna make sure we have what it takes to beat Boston. And yeah, there there was a different sort of defensive scheme to your point locked in offensively. They were they were doing a lot. So it was it was certainly interesting to see like the Adrian Griffin sort of conversation. I'm trying to think. I don't remember exactly what you said now before you set me up. 
Uh, I was just talking about Adrian Griffin. I can right. I can kind of wrap yeah. it up. I mean, I can. I think it would make sense. I think you you basically left it for me, so I'll probably start. Yep. Just start talking. All right. Let's go. Marks, mark something or no, we're we're good. Let's go. All right, three, two, one. one. Yeah, Adrian Griffin. I mean, it almost makes you wonder what was said or or done the last forty eight hours or or more, as you alluded to with with the Celtics. Um, you know, them them marking that game on the calendar, this game on the calendar. Um, yeah, I mean. I am a proponent. I, I haven't been too down on Griffin. Um, I was I'm I was starting the last couple of games to to uh, I don't know if I would say lose my faith. I wouldn't go that far, but starting to wonder a little bit. I mean, just with because it seemed like it, it had gone back to to the first few games of the year, right? Where it was right. like just just a mess and. Um, but I, I'm kind of, it's not the X's and O's, it's Jimmy and the Joe's guy. That's kind of, yeah. kind of where I'm at more. Um, I, I think that coaching does matter to an extent. I know it's a, a constant debate and sports talk who, what sport does coaching matter the most? I mean, NBA is probably not the top of the list, but, um, so, I mean, that's where I come in, like. You know, Giannis is calling people out in the organization and, you know, that didn't seem to matter on Monday as much, but people listened, uh, I would say, coming into the Thursday night's game against Boston. I mean, yeah, just just dialed in from the start. And um, it was really nice to see that because there was so much speculation about did the team quit on Griffin? Right. Um, did uh, just with the way they looked. I mean, they were so lazy uh, in the first quarter on Monday against Utah, and it it just it just felt like it it couldn't possibly be um, any worse. And and they definitely rebounded. And I think you got to give Griffin credit for that. Right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think he deserves you know to pulling these guys together and saying, okay, you know what whatever has been going on, like let's figure it out, and also credit to him for not sort of sticking to his rotations, right? Like he didn't play campaign yeah. in the first half. Uh, that was on purpose. Right. That wasn't just, Hey, campaign has a concussion. It was, we are, we're not campaigns, probably not part of our playoff lineup. Right. And mm -hmm. I, I think that that was sort of, they treated this like a playoff game. Now, can you treat every game like a playoff game? No, it's just, I don't think that's possible. But I, I do think that it can – you can kind of try to find, like, maybe 75% of that, right, and and do that. So, yeah, the starting five, basically eight eight guys in that first half, uh, and Bobby played 12, Pat played 12, Ajax played 10. So that was it. And they played an eight-man eight man roster. It's like, okay, that's going to – it's going to be a – and then you add Jay Crowder, and it's like, well, we don't – we probably don't need, probably don't need campaign. And that was what I, I learned from this game. And I think that the, the Packer or the, the Bucks were playing with sort of that playoff mentality. 
Yeah, I honestly didn't even notice campaign didn't play until I think it was I saw somebody say say it on Twitter or something and maybe halfway through the second quarter. Um I didn't even realize it. So I don't even know who who would have technically I guess they just had Giannis run run play. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It 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 they were they were making so many shots at that point that it it just it didn't even matter. And right. um so we'll see. I mean that's that's interesting because I think we all thought that um you know a large a lar a big taller defensive wing was the team team's biggest need and it still probably is or backup center and it that's also you know if Bobby plays like this the rest of the way then we don't have to worry about it but um I think some people that that had started to creep into some people's minds but maybe it's backup point guard I mean yeah you're just gonna have to find somebody that can that can stabilize for for 10 minutes a night basically um and potentially less in in the playoffs. excuse me in the playoffs oh, yeah so um i don't know i mean you know it's unfortunate what's happened to campaign but you know he just he's just i don't know he's not very well, good but th well that's interesting that that this is that this happened tonight you're right Right. And then also it's interesting, too, that he didn't really look good in those garbage time. And I know it's garbage time minutes, but as you famously said on this podcast, after game two of Bucks Heat and Duncan Robinson had, what, like 20 points in that garbage time? And you're like, I don't know, man, that's not good. And I was like, you're fucking crazy. And then you're right. And Duncan Robinson ended up being a difference maker. And sometimes those garbage, garbage time moments can fix you a little bit. And it didn't really look that way for campaign. Well, I've I've seen Norman Powell has yeah, took off. That's in another good, great example. Uh, NBA playoffs, and after not playing at all, and he he hasn't stopped. And here we are, seven years later. He's he's had a great career. So I mean, well, like also you compare what campaign did to like AJ Green in that in the in the garbage time minutes and you're like, well, Anthonasis, I mean, that's is incredible, but it's like, why shouldn't AJ green get, you know, those campaign minutes? I know he's not point guard, but it, I could make a case that AJ green has enough of a three point ball to em emulate what campaign does. He's just not a ball handler. So can you get AJ mm -hmm. green out there? Yes. The defense isn't there, but if you have him out there with Giannis or Brooke, where there's a little bit of a protection, like that, that should be okay. And so I'd be curious to see a little more AJ Green, honestly. If that was, that was my only like garbage time lesson was like, you know, I was AJ Green is, is awesome. And I, I just think, but I also don't know, is he awesome because he's playing garbage time guys or is he awesome because it was just a good game for him? I, I mean, he, he played some, yeah, I don't want to say played meaningful a, minutes, he's, but yeah, he's like played a little bit. He, he, he's played. He was in the rotation briefly, I think, at points this year, and and it was mostly fine. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't. He doesn't really have a ton of redeeming qualities, other than he's a pretty much a dead eye shooter. Um, and God forbid the Bucks ever use a, a three point weapon like that where they come mm -hmm. off screens and stuff. Right. I mean, a, a la Kyle Korver back in the day, or. Right. Steph or Clay Thompson or one of the I mean that would that just makes too much sense. They've never done that in my life. So um I don't know why they'd start now. But that would be kind of where he 
you know, that's, that's the type of guy where like has been a problem a lot this season when your bench sucks, you might as well put him out there for five minutes in the, in the third quarter right. when you're down by, by 15 points and see if he can hit a couple and, and get you right back in it. Like that, that's sort of, that's sort of his role, I guess now is just, it's kind of the 11th or 12th guy and just, just a heat check guy, a microwave guy and see what, see what happens. Um, but I don't mind that idea, I guess. Like he could probably guard a point guard. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, just, I'm not, not necessarily like, yeah, I think not. I get, what you're, I get what you're saying though. It's you're, you're he's not, not guarding Shea Gilgis Alexander no, probably. No. God, no. Speaking of which the Oklahoma city, Oklahoma city outdid us in terms of blowouts. Yeah. Did you see the score of that game? Looking at it right now, one thirty nine to seventy seven. Not even not even quite over yet. Oh man, that's that's wild. That's I saw so your boy Rosillo tweet the National Blowout Association. I really wanted to respond <laughs> with cry, cry more, Boston. Oh, that's funny. Well, hopefully Ryan can you know get away from the TV tonight. Enjoy enjoy a nice uh, <laughs> nice evening, as he mentioned. Speaking but, speaking of Ryan, real quick, I I, yeah. I I was watching one of his recent uh, opening monologues for his podcast on YouTube, and oh, it was it was the Wemby day, Giannis Wemby oh, yeah. game. Uh, yeah, last, so it must have been his Friday pod last week, where he's like, you know, it was a two game slate, you know, probably going to be a blowout <laughs> in the first game, and I he's like, I I think I might I think I might actually get out you know get outside tonight and. And do something productive, but he—he's like, I ended up, I ended up working uh, a little bit and turned it on, and it turned out to be a great game. But I just thought it was funny that, you know, he thought about actually, you know, doing doing something uh, socially on a on a Thursday night. Uh, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what that's like. No, absolutely not. Uh, but you know, you also are, you know, a podcaster in Manhattan Beach where you just kind of have the life by the balls a little bit. And, yeah, but, pretty much. Uh, uh, the last Bucks thing I had, I had, I think I had one more Bucks thing. Okay. So they play Golden State on Saturday night. Uh, should be a, a good game, uh, interesting game, given the fact that Steve Kerr called out his entire team on Wednesday night saying that they lost their spirit. They lost their competitiveness. Steph Curry kind of was like, everything needs to be on the table. And then sure enough, mm-hmm. next day, Shams is like, yeah, everyone's available for trade. And they just seem <laughs> they their situation seems way more untenable than what oh. the Bucks are going through. And yeah, I mean it, it. It is funny that now, obviously, the Bucks have have put it on the rails a little bit again. Yeah. with the with the win with the win on Thursday, but like it's funny how those two teams. I mean, the Warriors looked awful on Wednesday night, and it it was funny how these two teams are kind of kind of meeting on I, I actually didn't even realize that they were playing the Warriors on so I, right. I think they showed the graphic on the game. I was like I was just so I guess dialed in on the Boston game. And then it's like man, two teams that are that are kind of going through it right now. And uh we'll see. You're right. I mean it's it you know maybe the Warriors have a it's it's very similar to what, what the Bucks had tonight against Boston. I mean right. it could be kind of a do or die situation. So Yeah and to add, you know, for them, they have to play the scrappy Bulls on Friday night. So this will be a back-to-back for them. So the Bucks again, yeah. get a schedule advantage. 
Then you get Sacramento. It's on. You're on a back to back, but Sacramento is kind of finishing up a long trip. Like they're they have one more game in Phoenix, but it's you know they are they are definitely you know getting sort of ready to you know get get a road trip done. So who knows where their energy level is? And I I also feel like Sacramento is a different team away from home. And then you have this weird yeah. baseball schedule coming up with you know the three Cleveland games with two Detroit games sandwiched in. And yeah, you can start stacking them and start building some confidence here. And I, I think, I think the message from Griffin needs to be just really come out focused for those first 15 minutes of the game, first 20 minutes of the game and really put it to a team. Now, are you going to blow out every team? No, but if you do that, we're probably going to have a lead and then you, then you can take the foot off the gas. Now, might you have to turn the gas back on, you know, in in the fourth quarter? Sure. But it, it's, you know, sometimes you won't. So, yeah, I, I think that that to me would be the prevailing message. That, yeah, you might not have that Celtics energy every game, but if you do it for the first 15 or 20, it might it might really sort of make a difference. Yeah. Load management the old-fashioned way. Right? Kind of, yeah. Any other any really other what, books? That's really what you had against Boston. Right. Any other bucks? Uh, any other bucks? Uh, let me see here. I don't know. Like, didn't really well. I mean, Brooke hit a couple threes. I would say you didn't really get much no. from like Middleton or Brooke. Um, Middleton. Tonight. Middleton was defending better than I think I've seen him all year early yeah. on in that game. Yeah. He heard the haters. Uh, I think yep. he only had five points. Right. Um, Brooke had a couple threes. He had fifteen. Yeah, six of eight. Beasley is a Beasley is a great. Has been like I guess because it's his one job. Maybe you don't appreciate it as much, but dude's a fucking great shooter. Like I did not realize oh, yeah. he's leading the league in three point percentage. Yeah, he's gonna be um, in the three point contest. I mean, hmm. you, I don't know if he will be, but he should be. I mean, if you're leading the league in the three point contest or leading the league in three point percentage, you should be in the three point contest. I feel like that's that's part of the game, right? True, but even if you're the best player in the league, you don't always win the MVP. So yeah, yeah, no, I know. Well, and Giannis yeah, just gets no. That's, no, that, that's, no. that's a shot. No, I know it's a shot, but it's it's true. It's just it's bullshit. And we've you know we've discussed that at length about just the the Giannis sort of you know basically people taking him for granted. And who knows? Now they they finally played well on national media. Maybe maybe Giannis will finally start getting some getting some MVP buzz when they realize like, oh wow. Season Yas having and also sneaky and B might be disqualified from the MVP because he keeps missing yeah. games. Yeah, he's he's played he's missed like what nine games, I think, or something. He, or he's nine games away from, from being disqualified. Okay. So I mean, yeah, we'll see. That'll be interesting. Will be, because especially especially considering that uh that you have you have the fact that like, I don't know if that's Nick nurse just riding him a little too hard and that he, you know, he can't necessarily do it or it's something else, but it certainly adds an element to this whole MVP discussion. I kind of, at this point think, feel like it's shy Gildas Alexander to lose, but who knows, right? A lot can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, we got a ways to go. 
Oh yeah, Giannis will be there. He'll be he'll be in the conversation, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, no question about it. And yeah, we'll see what happens this weekend. Jokic, Jokic has been kind of. I mean, he's had a he's had at least one bad stretch this year. Right, Giannis is is not really. No, yeah, and that's yeah, that's the thing that I feel like hasn't got talked about is like Giannis has been the most consistent, and it's every game out. Yeah, maybe the Bucks aren't as good as people had hoped, but at the same time, I I feel like the sort of you know what he's done is is better than what we've seen from a lot of the other guys. I understand the impact. Giannis, that shot, Giannis that, is plus plus thirty eight tonight. Yeah, I mean. He had 24, 12, and 6 in 20, 26 minutes and was 10 of 13, did not shoot a three, made, had five offensive rebounds, like, uh, and and at multiple times made it a point to take it right at Porzingis. And I don't think that was on accident. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah we'll uh, hopefully – I'd hate – Plant the seed for the future against Boston. I mean, I, I know I they were missing Horford, but – yeah. I would really hate to see them, you know, lose. Like, I, I would like to sweep this weekend. I'd, I'd love that. I, may, I realize it might be ambitious with a Spunky Kings team on Sunday, but it'd be really nice to sweep this team. You know, it's weather's going to be terrible on Saturday. No, no one should be going out. I feel like you're a psycho. Yeah. No reason. All right, let's on to the Green Bay Packers. I got to admit to you, Mitch, I'm doing a pinheady thing right now. Um, good friend of the pod, uh, Nolan Murphy, let us know that uh, the Packers-Cowboys 2014, the infamous Des Caudic game, was on NFL Network. And I flipped it on. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of having a great time watching it. Um, a lot of things I just forgot about. A young Devontae Adams, you know, get – Getting the Packers close. The Cowboys were kind of leading that game the entire way. Uh, Packers actually kind of had a pass rush with with the Dom Capers led defense. But yeah, this is way up there on the uh, pinhead scale. <laughs> uh, I don't really remember. I was probably drunk during this game. It was, I mean, it was a new game. What was wild about this game is I can't imagine a world. I'd have to look at the t- 2014 playoffs. But I can't imagine a world where you had a noon Packers Cowboys game over like this was, I think, before, like everybody shared everything. There is no way that they would make this a noon game in any in any capacity, uh, given what we know about sort of media nowadays with the NFL. Well, I mean, this isn't that long ago. I mean, it's not like the Stone Age is here. I mean, I I, I think think the Cowboys weren't. I don't think the Cowboys were that great, were they? I mean, I know it was kind of kind of the end of Romo. Yeah, the Cowboys – I mean, the Cowboys were always – you know, they were always the Cowboys, right? And so it was like – it was that. I think what it was – so I'm looking, I'm looking at the playoff schedule um, that they had. Steelers and Ravens was your Saturday night primetime game on NBC. ESPN had – Cardinals, Panther, or this wild card. Hold on. Let me see if I got to find the, I got it. But like, so, so it was, yeah. okay. So I got NBC, it here. Yeah. NBC was that awesome Patriots Ravens game on Saturday. And then the night game was Panther Seahawks in Seattle. 
at that point, Seattle, you know, they had, you know, were kind of on the rise. And yeah, Packers Cowboys was the nooner. And then they ended the day with Broncos Colts. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like I I just it, it was an interesting time, you're right. And Packers at that point though were three years off the Super Bowl, pretty good team. Um, and yeah, I, I think it was just who knows, a combination of things, but it kind of speaks to the rivalry of the Packers Cowboys. Packers have won nine of the last ten against Dallas. They haven't lost at AT&T Stadium. And I think the confidence in Packer fans is really high. And I think there are things to make them confident. I understand there are still worries. But do you think the confidence is justified? Or do you think that it's sort of a false bravado from Packer fans? I mean, I I, I get the, the history with Dallas, but... Aaron Rodgers ain't walking through the door. No, uh, right. And I and I'm not saying it's certainly not possible. Not possible. I mean, it's right. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. I mean, the cut the cowboy. I almost said the Cubs. Uh, the Cowboys are a little fraudulent. I think is fair. However, at home they've been, you know, damn near unstoppable. Right. But I feel like if you're a Cowboys fan. You do have to be a little nervous, right? Like, oh yeah. What do they? What do they have? They have one playoff win with McCarthy, right? Yep. And it was was it Tampa Bay? Tampa, yep. Tom Brady's corpse. Right. So, and obviously, it's the Eagles game for the Cowboys, notwithstanding, of the most recent one. You know, a lot of the good teams they've played, they kind of got embarrassed, and um, so yeah. I mean, I, I think. If you're a Dallas fan, do you really trust McCarthy, Dak, and the whole deal? Um, I don't know. They're they're probably not real excited to see Green Bay. I think with with just the way Jordan Love has looked the last couple games, right? Um, and I know it's been it was a great season. It was there were highs and lows for sure, and he's kind of kind of on the on the upswing again. And we'll we'll hope we'll hope that continues, um, but. Yeah, I mean, if you're Dallas, I, I don't know if you really wanted to see Green Bay, just with the way that uh, yeah Jordan Love has looked, and oh, yeah. I think Joe Barry, um, bless his heart, kinda he might have saved his job. I don't know. Oh no, um, I don't know about it. I I think here's the I well let I'll do the love thing and then I'll I'll get you with Barry with Jordan with Jordan Love, yeah. It's hard to think of a quarterback that is on this much of a heater coming in. You can argue that Jordan Love is the hottest quarterback, you know, in the playoffs. Now, there's a lot of numbers that would suggest that quarterbacks playing in their first playoff game, it usually doesn't go well. The numbers also, though, to argue against that, Jordan Love has been awesome on turf this year. He has a better passing rate, passer rating on turf. He's done, you know, they've scored a bunch on turf. The Packers are a fast team. If you remember, go all the way back to our August podcast, I talked about how fast this team could be. And Mm -hmm. you sometimes don't get to see it. But when it's on turf, like, I really think that this is going to be whatever team has the ball last and whoever scores last wins this game. 
I think it's going to be an absolute shootout. I know we haven't seen that a lot in the NFL this season, but I, I think it is. And weirdly, the one thing that might prevent it, as fucked up as it sounds, is Joe Barry actually coming to life. Uh, you know, Joe Barry is kind of the Mike Budenholzer of football, where he, when he knows his job's on the line, he tightens up. <laughs> and 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 the other part is is the thing about Joe Barry's defense, which is very frustrating, is it's actually good against good. It's usually okay against good quarterbacks. I shouldn't say good, but it's it 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 prevents the explosives. And Dallas is a team that likes to have explosive pass plays, and so it's it's very interesting, kind of what we have what we have in front of us. Yeah, I mean, and, and Joe Barry has found a way to generate a pass rush in the last couple of games after uh, I think the Giants game was, you know, uh, about as bad as I've ever seen um, from a defensive coordinator. It really, that was just uh, that was malpractice, not getting any pressure on the quarterback. And I just found a way. I mean, they were they were up in Justin Fields grill. Um early and often in that game against the bears. And I feel like Dak Prescott can be, can be had yeah. on the blitz. I feel like he's got, he's got that Derek Carr in him where he's got yeah. that Jared Goff in him where it's like, if, if he's got the, the quick passing game, I mean, anybody can throw the ball to CD lamb uh, five yards out and watch him run for 60 yards, mm-hmm. you know, but if you can get after Dak Prescott, I think you got a really good chance and you know, Again, the Packers the last couple of weeks have done a really good job of generating that pass rush. And, you know, Carl Brooks was has been Carl, our guy. An unsung hero. Carl um, Carl Brooks. Carl Brooks is tapping the kegs, Carl Brooks. We need to coin that. I actually need to find the audio. But I, I'm sure you've heard the story. But Murphy Carl, and I, we did nice the, to see you. <laughs> when we did the draft pod. Um we talked about how much we love Carl Brooks. Like Murph and I were like, yeah, Carl Brooks. Awesome. Like we love what he is. We're like, Oh, he's kind of an underrated player. All the metrics are there and sure as shit. He's been this awesome player for, for the Packers. When, uh, when Carl made the big play, uh, the sack on fields third down Murph texted me when we were both in Lambeau saying it's, it was always Carl. And uh, which I loved, <laughs> I mean, it was great. And, and, you know, I unfortunately didn't get to see our guy on Sunday, but that was that was good enough for me. It was the text message. And any, it was it, any uh, any highlights from the trip, by the way, other than I mean, oh, obviously, I mean, yeah, it doesn't need to be I, a half hour conversation. But. I'll I'll try to keep well, the Joe. I mean, I've t- I told the story on the pod on Monday, but just seeing Joe Barry three times was incredible Um, in the. Yeah, so we got a right. tour from our guy, Pat, and Pat tells us and he goes, all right. Like, you're going to probably see players. You're probably going to see coaches. Just, like, don't kind of get all goo-goo-gaga don't about be weird. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't be weird. Don't try to take selfies. Don't try to get autographs. The whole thing. And uh, and so, and, and Pat was all saying how he, one of his dad's friends, her, the the wife was like, man, I had to bite my tongue when I saw that Joe Barry. Like, I, I tried really hard, Pat. And then not more than like 30 seconds later, Joe Barry like is walking down the hall and is like, Hey guys. And like very friendly. And then I'm like looking at something and Joe Barry's trying to get by and he grabs my shoulder and is like, excuse me, big guy. Uh, let me go right through. 
And so, like, I'm like, if this son of a bitch knew how much I've ragged on his ass, I don't think he's grabbing my shoulder. Uh, so, yeah, there was that. Uh, ran in, uh, saw Luke Musgrave in the locker room. Guy is an absolute, just massive human. Just an yeah. absolute freak of a guy. Uh, their indoor facility is fucking awesome. It's that they have real quick. It's, 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 it's interesting. It, it's interesting how when you when you walk by a pro athlete, yeah. like how it's like how are we even the same species? Like right. especially like NBA players who are fucking gigantic, like seven feet tall. Yeah, and they look so like natural on television and football players too. Like those guys are brick shit houses, and they're also six four. And yeah, so it's just, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And, and I'll, I, so yeah, the the facilities are always great. Being at the top of Lambo is always fun. Um, the other part, and there's some, I would all, okay. So other notes. So I'm, I don't want to go too long. They have a ton of Rogers pictures still up, which I thought was kind of awesome. You know, they haven't like took those down. They didn't like, it just shows you like how amicable that breakup was. Everybody kind of just knew it and everyone was ready. Um, yeah. and so that's, that's cool. Um, and then at, for the game itself, we did like an actual tailgate, which I haven't done. God, I don't, I don't know if I've ever really done like a Lambo tailgate and like a legit, like grills, bunch of snacks, drinking. I had a blast. Like, I'm like, I kind of need to kind of ro- work that into the rotation, uh, more mm-hmm. often, uh, shout out Mr. Hooks and Shelves. He put on, he had a great spread going. Um, and it was a lot of fun with those guys. And then our seats were great. We stood the entire game. We didn't sit down once. Um, and shout out also to the beer people who were giving us the 16 ounces, but they weren't cracking them. So we could just take the beers to, to the stands uncracked, which is great. Um, someone not you go. me, not me might've bought four beers at once. I'm not, it wasn't me. Um, but you might be able to guess who that was. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's all about convenience. I'll say that. Look, when God gives you an opportunity, you can't just spit spit in that in that opportunity. You gotta you gotta get after it. Yeah, I think when I went to Lambo, I got a hot chocolate uh, last year, and they they come in those cool little. I think it's yeah. Quick Trip mugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, those yeah, those were. Uh, no beer for me though. That that appeared not inside. Oh yeah, no. Little, and then a little out yeah. of my little out of my uh, my price range. Yeah. And the last last thing is there there were some drunk Packer fans. We had a woman who gave our friend fan who's a Bears fan the double bird when he walked in for no real reason. Um, and she also <laughs> I think it was her friend, but she took off uh her friend's bear hat and threw it like seven rows down. So you know, really doing the pinheads justice. And we had another woman who was wearing like uh she was probably Gen Z or like early millennial wearing like a nineties Packer like starter vest. And she had snuck in so much booze, like they just had nips of everything, which was I did not partake, <laughs> but I was just the impressed. Uh, yeah, I was impressed with how much you brought in. But as I think about it, Lambo doesn't exactly exactly patch you down. It's not it's not a crack security there. It's not like you're entering the CIA, which is kind of a bad thing. But you know, it, it that's that's what it is. Yeah, but I mean, there's eighty thousand people. You gotta right. more. It's like eighty five thousand, isn't it now? Right. Um, I mean, lines are long. 
I, I understand. It's uh, yeah. got to keep moving. But right. yeah. as for to, it, yeah, it, it is a little disconcerting. Right. And but to, and then to figure out that you're playing the Cowboys because, you know, the Rams somehow win. I think we were all kind of expecting the Lions. And then yeah. Carson Wentz pulls it out of his ass. And it's the Cowboys. And it's Mike McCarthy. It's this team you've kind of owned. And to your point about Dak Prescott, like he's one and five against the spread in playoff games for his career. I like, I know like betting lines is not everything, but I, that's, that's interesting, right? That shows you a guy who's not necessarily handled the big moment. And one thing I've been kind of harping on this week is I think it's imperative that the Packers start quick because if they start quick, the sort of the pressure feeling is going to go all over that stadium. That stadium is going to start getting tight. That stadium is going to start realizing, holy shit, here we go again. Just like how it is at Miller or American Family Field with the Brewers, because we've had a lot of playoff failures. And when you have a bunch of playoff failures, your fan base just gets nervous and you get that lemon booty. And I think if the Packers put the pressure early, you're going to start to feel that a little bit in the stadium. Yeah, there's well, yeah, there's no question about that, and I think it's, I think it's possible just between, yeah, um, obviously Jordan loves play, but Aaron Jones had another huge game, and mm-hmm. um, we'll see. I'm not sure what the status of Christian Watson is, but I don't think it matters honestly. The the young receivers have looked great, and um, yeah, I mean, I I don't see any reason why they can't. Put the pre- and as soon as again, it goes back to my point about pressuring Dak too. It's like he's I, I think he's definitely a quarterback that needs needs to have the lead. Um, I feel like he's not as good as his numbers are, I, I still would not trust him if they're down, you know, ten or fourteen in the third quarter. And and I just I don't I don't think that's something that he's comfortable with. He's not gonna he's not gonna kill you if if you if you kinda kind of get him down and McCarthy too. I mean, we watched for years that the guy is, you know, play calling is sometimes, um, I don't know. Right. Not as, not as strong suit. Well, the other, and the other part is, is like he goes away from the run super quick and he can bail on the run. And that's where everybody's, everybody's wondering why Tony Pollard's having a bad year. It's like, Who's fucking coaches? Right. Does not oh, run the and, ball. and the guy calling the plays. I mean, he he just this would happen in Green Bay. Like you just would see just he would give up completely on, you know, pass on running the football. And so especially if they get down early or like even if they do get if Dallas does get a lead, uh, I think that there's a chance Green Bay can come back. Green Bay can you know, try to make it a game because no lead is is safe with that team. I don't I don't think Dallas is a team that you can really comfortably say that they're they oh yeah, once they have a lead, it's over. Um I get what you're saying about Dak. I agree. Dak plays better for my head. But yeah, I I think the outcome I would be surprised with besides a well, I'd be more surprised with Packers blow up, but I don't I'd be surprised with blowout either way. I'll put it that way. Like I do you see any way the Cowboys blow out the Packers? And I'm saying like I mean, 14 points if, or more. If they're not able to contain CD Lamb in, in any 
any plausible fashion. I and mean, just that's... Randy has a Randy Moss game, and it's like twelve catches for two hundred and twelve yards, and he's like the headline of the wild card weekend. Yeah, I think I think that that he's probably the only guy that really scares you. On um, uh, Ferguson too has had a pretty monster season, mm-hmm. um, and Lord knows tight ends have been been a bugaboo at times for Joe Barry. Yep. Um, but I think I don't know. It's probably just just two men on two men on CD Lamb at all times, and I think you just kind of live with you make somebody else beat you. And I don't think if they're able to, it's gonna be it's gonna be could be a long day. Um, right. But I, I I do tend to agree with you that it's probably gonna be a shootout, just fast track. You know, two of the better quarterbacks and uh, in the NFL and Dallas put up what thirty eight last week yeah when they they really even need to play their starters yeah they needed to win so that i think they the had the same the... record as detroit yeah yeah so once so once it kind of once it kind of you know was in they had it or in the bank then they they brought guys off um and yeah that was that was kind of you know where where it ended up and but yeah they're they're as explosive as anybody and you know, once they kind of get the train rolling, that's that's where it happens. I the only other way I see a blowout is if the Jordan Love just kind of reverts back a little bit, and there's a couple of interceptions, and Dallas gets some short fields. And if Dallas gets some short fields, then yeah, maybe maybe that's a way that they end up increasing mm-hmm. their lead, and it's it's hard to come back from. And they they just well, can't. that's the thing. Like they beat the Bears, but it was only seventeen to nine, right? And they left. Love I did. Mean, yeah. What? They, I, yeah, you're gonna say that they left some points on the table for sure. Yeah. I mean, they had mm-hmm. Love was was great, but he had he did have kind of a brutal fumble. Yeah. Um. And I mean, obviously, can't have that in a playoff game. No. So, no. And um, you're right. And that's I mean that's to me the biggest fear with Green Bay is that they are just an undisciplined football team because they're a college team on steroids. They do dumb shit that you watch in college football and you're like, oh, that only happens in college football. Why is it happening with the Green Bay Packers? It's because they're a extremely young team. And so I I look at it and um I, I just hope that none of those things come back to bite you. I always get scared about themes from the season, all of a sudden they rear their ugly hat in the playoffs. We saw it Packers special teams a couple of years ago. We saw it with the Brewers lack of hitting in 2021. We saw it with the Bucks and their inability to close games last year. I just worried is that undisciplined nature come back at the worst possible moment. Yeah, I don't know. I We'll see. You're right. It, it's, I mean, it's, a col- it's a college team on steroids. Um, it, it, I mean, that could I don't be, mind that. That could be dumb. That just could be dumb fan brain, though, too, right? Like, it's it's there. So, um, you're more the realist. Do you do you give the Packers a shot? Do you think the Packers win? Um, Packers are seven and a half point underdogs. The over-under is set at, I believe, 50 and a half uh, for, yeah. uh, for those that care. Man. Uh, it's, it's tough. I, I don't think they will win, unfortunately, but it's hard because love's been really good in big games this year. And now he's also kind of gone the other way. 
in some not as big games, kind of played down to his yep. opponent. So it's it's tempting, but I I think it's it's probably going to be like a I don't know thirty four twenty eight situation thirty four twenty seven Dallas. Uh, yep, I, 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 def- I, I I do think the Packers cover though. Yeah, I think I my I my heart is telling me it's going to be you know the Packers win this game and it's yet another story in the Packer Cowboy and Big Mike gets fired. And which I would, which suck. I and I think he should get another job. I'll I'll be honest. I I don't think he deserves to be fired, but I guess that's a rumor out there. Um, but I I think my heart tells me they're gonna win. My head, my head, my head's having a tougher time convincing myself that it's actually gonna happen. I just think because you're such a young team, and you know it's kind of like the NBA, right? Where it's like you gotta lose that first game, first playoff game to know what it's like, and then the next year. And it's so weird. And we've done the Rogers loves comparisons all really all year. And it's so weird how the Packers are playing this Cowboys team where it looks like a shootout. And the first Rogers playoff game was this absolute barn burner. Yeah. And, and it ended on a, just a bullshit on pick a, six. Yeah. I was, yeah. was it a fumble or a pick six? Uh, whatever it was. I mean, I just know that Carl Stansby grabbed Aaron Rodgers face mask and, and it wasn't called. And it was unbelievable <laughs> that it wasn't called. That's all I know. And I got really fucking drunk after that game. That's those are the two that's things the, I know. That's the Packer fan version of the Des Bryant. No catch. Oh uh, yeah. I just watched it. I, I have it on and I, I don't think he didn't catch it. Like he uses the ball. He uses the ground to bounce the ball. The ball bounces off the ground. I understand where Des is coming from. It I, in real speed looks like a catch, and you could argue that football was worse for the fact that Des Bryant that wasn't ruled a catch because it looks like one. He but as he's coming down with it, the ball bounces out, out of his hand, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I can see it going both ways, but I think there is an argument to be made if I wasn't a Packer fan that that sparked this like generation of us not knowing what exactly the catch is and we still don't. Yeah. That will I mean you had the the Calvin Johnson one kind of oh, started yeah. it all, I think. Oh yeah. And that was that was like in twenty ten. That was like week one where right. I forget I forget why. Was it just did they change the rules or something? Or like you had yeah. to you had to complete the catch. Mm-hmm. And people were like, what the hell the last my entire life this that was a catch. Now it's not, and I think this perpetuated it and certainly amplified it being a playoff game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now and you have even last week again with the Packers. I mean, with Bo Melton. I mean, oh yeah, no that that was to me the Bo Melton. The Bo Melton one was a, a catch clear as day. I mean, I, I you saw it on the jumbotron and he pinned it with his knee. I don't know if TV broadcast showed it, but. It was to me. It was a clear as day catch in the stands. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, did it might? I think it was one of those where when he when he finally caught got possession of it, his feet were out of bounds. Yeah, that's so. fair. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I I think we'll hopefully none of there's no ref controversies. Hopefully, you know, it's you win fair or square, you lose fair or square. Um, I don't. I don't think he would, but 
even with all the drama around him this week, there's no way that Aaron Rodgers shows up for this game, right? Like, doesn't pop up in a box. Uh, It'd be weird. I, 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 I doubt it. I think he wouldn't want to like right. He wouldn't want to take the moment away from Jordan Love. I think he had too much respect for Jordan Love. When he but, plays for the Jets, I mean, yeah, that's the other part too. It's like I could see it. Not to say the Packers will go to the Super Bowl, but if Packers were in the Super Bowl, I could see him being there. But I also think there's a part of him that eats him alive. The Packers are in the playoffs. As much as he said a lot of nice things about the Packers, I you have to believe that that fucking burns him that they they're in the playoffs this year yeah i i mean but he also probably didn't want to he didn't want to be here anymore no um, no as i said and, it was am- and vice versa it was the, amicable. the team was just way too young for him yeah it was amicable they kind of i think the packers conveniently were like we're getting younger you can either buy in or you're out and sure enough and they court, try to their best to course correct the mistake of giving Rodgers a huge contract. I think, you know, that was a panic move by Brian Gunacoust and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball because I think they weren't confident in Jordan Love. And they were like, wow, we didn't do it again. And we need to have this, you know, just in case. And it was a it was a rash decision. And they, you know, it was obviously, I think, done in the moment of Rodgers winning multiple MVPs and looking like the guy that, you know, that we'd saw, if you watch this 2014 version of Rodgers, you're like, holy fuck. And he's playing on a bad calf, uh, if, if you remember. And so it's like, yeah, yeah that's – Calf watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah, calf watch. Calf watch was a thing for a while there. So, uh, well, yeah. let's – let's we've talked a lot today. Um, but let's wrap up today's show with Wisconsin Pipe Dreams because I feel like – I don't know – if this happens all the time, but I feel like we have a lot of pipe dreams going on in the world of Wisconsin sports. And let's just try to get through a couple. We won't spend a huge amount of time on it, but I think the number one thing I have for pipe dreams is the idea that Mike Vrabel will be available to be a defensive coordinator and that he'd be a defensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. I just, <laughs> I don't know what world people are living. I, I don't, like yeah, the guy, I mean he's 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 going to be coaching the Patriots, I think. Um, right. In a few months, if that, yeah, or the Falcons, or like he's a he's just an NFL coach. Like he is not a defensive coordinator anymore. And guess what? If he doesn't get a job or he doesn't want to be the NFL head coach somewhere, he'll go do TV and be awesome at it. He's a good he's a good speaker. I've heard him on podcasts. He's very funny. Like it'll it'll work. He'll go do TV. And then guess what? In a year, he'll probably have the job of his choosing. Or if, you know, Ryan Day decides to go to the NFL, he'll go to Ohio State and coach Ohio State yeah. and kind of do the Pete Carroll thing. And I think he'd be a great well, college some, coach. Sometimes, yeah, he definitely would be a good college coach, no question. Um, his, he's, his football guy kind of demeanor, I think, probably would play well in in the college ranks. But, um you're talking about Vrabel on podcasts. I'm thinking about how his teammate Julian Edelman. Maybe they maybe they didn't play together. I don't know actually. Um, nah, they might have. Julian Edelman's uh, pretty. That dude's pretty good on TV. Um, yeah, not bad for having his brain swishing around up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I couldn't even say. That. I couldn't even. 
not laughing my own joke. Sorry. Um, yeah, you're dreaming if you think that's happening. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Alex Caruso and, to the Bucks. I mean, uh, yeah. Then we just don't have the assets. Uh, yeah, that's just not happening. I, I also I also don't think that he's gonna go for you know how like look at what OGN and Obi ended up getting traded for. It was like less than twelve months ago we were you know the or the the Raptors were asking for three first round picks for him and would they get one for him? Yeah. I mean some sometimes we get a little out of control with with NBA trade assets because, you know, we sound the we, we hit the trade machine hard and early and often in the in this in this league and it builds the hype on people and it ends up the return's not great or they're kind of mixed in a, in a three team deal and you're like, man, we probably could have probably could have got in there. I just I just don't see the Bucks getting in on the sweepstakes. Because they're just there just isn't the assets. And right. I don't know. I don't know if that's their biggest need anyway. Like right. I, he's he's still yeah. he's still a little too short, I think, for, for what I would like. Yeah, and I I think that yeah, the assets are just not there. And there are teams with bigger war chests than we have, right? Like Philadelphia is a great example, Boston, unfortunately. Like and also too though, like if the Bulls keep playing well, are the Bulls gonna want to trade Alex Caruso? Are the Bulls going to just be like, yeah, we'll give you Alex Caruso? Like, they they might be a six seed, maybe, you know, a, a seven seed. And I realize that the Bulls are kind of hurt pulling it right now, RIP. Um, but, like, maybe that's okay for the Bulls right now as they kind of reset again by getting off of the Zach Levine contract and trying to say, all right, what's the next generation of Bulls basketball and who do we make a move for to kind of elevate us to this next level? Yeah, well, and Lord knows Chicago sports teams are are good at half measures. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, oh absolutely. Um, I, another pipe dream is the Packers going to the Super Bowl. Look, like as much as I would love that, and that would be incredible. And and we saw with the Cincinnati Bengals, a young team who kind of came out of the ashes and found their way in. Uh, it's really daunting because even if you beat Dallas this week, which would be great and it would be above and beyond house money. You'd be just cashing in really all your chips at that point. You then got to go to San Francisco and this, the rivalry, the history between the two teams is definitely storied. The, the friction between LaFleur and, and Shanahan. And as much as you'd want to beat the 49ers, it's the 49ers. And that, I, I can't imagine that would be pretty. And even if you got through San Francisco, like I don't know what you're what you're looking like either facing Philadelphia or Detroit. Yeah, you'd probably have about eight injuries and you know, you'd be just a complete mash unit the following week. That feels like right. what seems to happen against the Niners. Um yeah, I mean if you're a Packer fan, you're probably you have you have a potential here. You go Dallas. You win there. You go to San Francisco. You, I mean, you're exercising a lot of demons this postseason potentially. Now that you oh, mention yeah. it, oh yeah, absolutely. That, yeah, that, that would that would be the cherry on the top. I I will tell you the worst case scenario would be to beat Dallas, beat San Francisco, and then lose to Detroit in the NFC Championship game. I I would rather lose to San Francisco than that happen. <laughs> um, I can't have Detroit hold that over our head. 
their fan base is just such a bunch of fucking whiners. I mean, I have not heard so much crying about the whole Dallas. They didn't get screwed, but holy fuck, man. They think the world's out to get them. It's just, it's such an inferiority complex with that that fan base. Um, but well, I mean, again, they've been a little a little brothers for a long time. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They got fucked. So Well, and then they get... I'd be pissed, too. And then they get fucked by having to play, you know, the guy who... Guy who have his jersey retired in Matt Stafford, and the golf, the Gofford Bowl, yeah, the golf. I love that. I've heard that. It's good. I like that. I think that's that's perfect. But it's and the Rams are playing really fucking well. The Rams are kind of lurking. Like it would. I guess this all this last thing on this Packer one. It would not surprise me. It well not well it would surprise me. But if you told me it's Packers Rams in the NFC Championship game, I don't know if i blink an eye on that i think the rams are sneaky kind of lurking yeah the rams i mean don't they kind of own the niners too i mean that's i i always forget who owns who on that on that rivalry but that you might be right on that well yeah because like it's something like the seahawks own the rams and the rams own the niners and the niners own the seahawks or something like that yeah it's a very like human centipede version of it's uh actually opposite 49ers have won uh in 2000, the 2020s, they are seven and nine against the Los Angeles Rams. But seven. the Rams are seven. I'm sorry, seven and two in nine games. Okay. But the Rams did beat them in the NFC Championship game, and they came back from being down 17-7 in 2021. Yeah. So, well, yeah, that would be very fitting for the Rams to go into Detroit and win. And, and yeah, they, I mean, obviously they're Kyron Williams is awesome. Puka Nakua is awesome. Cooper cups. Awesome. Stafford's rejuvenated. I mean, I don't know how they've done it, but yeah, the Rams are Rams are legit and yeah, yeah. they might not get there, but they're they're They've been impressive this season for sure. Oh yeah. No, no question about it. Um, All right. Last well, we will just real quick on the last two Brewers signing anyone significant. I have no idea. I, 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 I kind of hate baseball offseason. I don't, I don't really get it. I think it needs to be kind of re- fixed and and rebranded. Um, yeah, it's just ter- it's just terrible. Like, did we talk? Was was I was I talking with you about how they should just wait till after Christmas to launch free agency? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you were talking to me about that, but I, I don't mind that. I they, they need to do something to make it a TV event. Yeah, kind of like how the other sports do it, where it's it's kind of all all at once. I mean, right. you gotta gotta find a way to like the winter meetings would be a good time. Like right. honestly, right about now. Yeah, we're like this time Perfect. of year where it's like make it a make it a week long moratorium or something and. I don't know though. Maybe I don't know why baseball can't do that and other sports can, but maybe I'm missing something. Right. Yeah. It's uh it's there. And uh, but instead know. you get it, it instead you get, <laughs> you know, teams tr- trickling in and um, uh, you know, dumb little trades under the radar and it's Marcus like, Str- all of a sudden Marcus Stroman's a part of the Yankees. And it's like, okay. Right. So it's a random Thursday night, and it's like, oh, Marcus Stroman just signed with the Yankees. It's like, okay, I guess, like, cool. But 
yeah, it's just it's not it's not what you see in those other sports, and it just sort of dilutes it. And then you just don't know who's playing for what team by the start of it. And then you have to watch April baseball. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. Marcus Stroman is a Yankee. He's not on the Cubs anymore. So, I don't know. It's dumb. But, yeah, we'll see what the Brewers do. I, we're going to deal with the whole arbitration thing with Devin Williams, which is going to be annoying. And then we're going to have to – I'm going to have to play the arbitration video again for fans because people just do not understand how it works. But we just – we go through that merrier ground every – Every winter, I'm happy to happy to fight that war again if I need to. Yep. We won't we won't even bring up Marquette and Wisconsin to the Final Four. I think we'll can save it. Um, Wisconsin's good. That sucks. It's not not something I I I take pleasure in. But you know, I I gotta gotta call it like I see it. They're playing really good basketball. Greg Gard, um, lifetime contract. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Is is the Big Ten down though a little? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't think this is like a premier, premier Big Ten season. Um, you know, I'm actually weirdly that you say that I'm watching probably two of the well, no, Michigan State's one and three. I mean, Michigan State was supposed to be a top five team, they're top five preseason, and they're one and three in the Big Ten. Illinois, right? People like a lot. You had the Terrence Shannon thing, which obviously kind of changes their ceiling. Um, and Purdue yeah, obviously is good, Purdue, yeah, Purdue, but Purdue, like. Every time you kind of want to trust Purdue, they go on the road and lose. Like they, you know, lost to Nebraska this week. And it's like, all right, so we can't trust you. So we can't, we can't really buy into you. And I, I, I haven't really looked that hard at Wisconsin because I've been more worried about Marquette. They haven't exactly played the creme de la creme of Big Ten teams. I mean, they did win at Michigan State. But they they play Michigan State again a couple Fridays, but they they get Purdue on yeah they you're right Big Ten isn't that good it's really just Illinois Illinois uh, Purdue and Wisconsin they're kind of the top three teams right now and it's just bizarre world given just the hype around Marquette and the struggles they're having uh, but look UConn struggled last year and they won the national championship UConn UConn had a dip in their season and they they won it and. Now uh, the Bucks won, so maybe Marquette can win on Monday, and just everything's all all gravy. Yeah, the Bucks lifted the, lifted the five serve curse. I guess so. Or, right. or, so yeah, it's they. The, I guess credit to Marquette, they loosened the rims for the Bucks. That's what they did. You know, all the bricks <laughs> they had loosened the rims for for Marquette. I never even thought about it. Yeah, well, we appreciate you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well. That'll do it uh, for today's show. Um, anything else for for the people, Mitchie? No, just a uh, good solid Bucks win. Hopefully they keep it rolling this weekend. Yeah, and everybody stay safe with the snow. Um, yet another round of snow. It's just it you know comes comes in large large numbers. Yes, it does. All right, take care, everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Peace. Peace.